Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 372 of She Podcast. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. With me, as always, the very peaceful... Elsie Escobar today. Lately, I've run out of adjectives to describe her, so I just go based on her t-shirt, and today it says, it's the protecting my peace part for me. Yes, Which, absolutely. you know, who couldn't relate to that? Am I right? Uh-huh. And it's also at very aspirational, right? So whenever I'm feeling a little, I actually use this shirt. It's kind of like one of those things, like when you're having a hard time waking up, you're like, oh, I'm going to have drink some coffee, or if you're, you know, whatever, all that stuff. This is my, I'm feeling a little not together or not peaceful or a little wound up and anxious and i will put you should just have that tattooed on you then because isn't that all the time (sighs) touche i'm just asking so i'm sitting here noticing that my ears are enormous what i mean they don't mismatch it's not i'm not a gremlin or anything but like but like I have ears that go from like my eyebrow all the way almost down to my chin. Like a, they're huge. It's like, like a force, a force field. field. A, I yes. mean, kind of. It's kinda. like a force field. That's what oh, this is. Oh, not my ears. You mean her shirt. No, my shirt. <laughs> not your ears. Bonnie, thank you. Yes, it is like a, it's like a force field. Okay. My ears are enormous. Yes. But I mean, t- try not to notice. Okay. So today we thought we would discuss the news and in case you haven't heard the news yet about our she podcast live event it has been moved from october 11th 2022 to june 19th through the 22nd is when it will start it will start the evening of june 19th and go until and that's a monday and it will go to thursday in june which i now wish that i would have planned for all along but then we wouldn't have had such an exciting year. So I guess you win some, you lose some. I'm just trying to clarify. So it is, is it Monday? Does it start on a Monday? Yeah. The first evening affair will be Monday. Okay. And so it'll be like, yeah, m- Monday night and then all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, half day Thursday. And then okay. it'll go into the weekend, I guess. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, pretty excited to have a new date. It was a terrible week of deciding. And actually, we had just started deciding the week prior, Thursday or Friday, and we had decided on Friday that we were going to move forward and just like pare down the expenses. But um, that still didn't solve the problem, which was that we owed the hotel a certain amount of money. And with the attendees that we had at the time, we wouldn't be able to meet our debt to the hotel. And um, we just had to sell too many tickets in a month to be able to do that. It was just unreasonable. Okay. So here's kind of where we're going to start because I'd love to ask you some questions about this, right? Well, you don't have to. I could just of talk. Of the process. I know. But part of the equation is that as you start to build 
to the event itself. There are certain guideposts to kind of look at what it actually, what things are looking like. Mm -hmm. And when you sat down and started to look at some numbers with the She Podcast team, you saw that in order for you to meet, and I'm thinking, and I'm saying here for those who are watching or listening, minimum break even. Is that correct? Mm, yes. Goals, like break even as in like. Break even as in like, no, you don't get a salary, but at least you're not in debt. That's break yes, even. That's break even. I so wish in that order- break even could mean, but you got paid. But that's right, not but what it means. That's not what that means. Correct. So yeah. break even, you had to sell X amount of tickets um, within a month. Would that be the word that you would use? Um, or Yeah, 30 days, maybe less because days. they wanted to invoice me like September 8th. Okay. And there was no way. I could definitely couldn't do it in a week. No way. Right. And it wasn't the type of sales that you could have very easily done. So it wasn't like quickly. It was like 150. With. It took us all year to sell what we sold. And it was mm-hmm. like around, it just wasn't enough. I mean, I don't want to say mm-hmm. how much because I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, what? They said they were expecting this or that because- what you say you're expecting is a completely made up number based on what you had before and what the current climate is based on interest. And so the first year of our event, we had 800 people, like literally 800 people. And then the second time we had 375 people, which is a big difference. Right. So for me to go to a hotel, I mean, assuming everything fi- fine, You'd guess, what would you guess based on those numbers? Like if someone asked you, how many people do you think you'll have? That's what you're going to be responsible for. Like, what would you say if you were me? I would have guessed about 500 or so. 500, 500 is what we said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it That's was nowhere. It was with speakers and sponsors. It was around no. half-ish. Yeah. Which isn't good because that means we've only sold like one, like 30% of what we needed to sell. Right. Um, Which isn't, I mean, you know, and it's not to say like, oh, this, if you're listening, you can be like, oh my God, they only sold 30%. No one wants that event. That event sucks. It's really more like it was a hard time and people who wanted to come kept telling us they couldn't. So I I don't think I'll have this problem in June. In fact, I know for a fact I won't because most people who have written me have said they're relieved because now they can come. And just now Lisa said that, yay, now I can come. Right. So there, I don't know that, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's the season because we had the season the other two times and it was fine. I really do think it's the climate. And it's not like, I mean, Elsie didn't want me to come in here and be like, I should have followed my gut. But like like Arizona, well, it's not going to be in Arizona. It will be the same place in D.C. To be clear, we still owe that hotel. They just moved our dates from one date to the other. Yeah, so Cheryl's saying too, I know a lot of people that would have come who had conflicts for this October. I don't want to say I followed my gut, but like when I said I wanted to wait till spring, it wasn't necessarily just because of me. It was because, you know, when I market to this community, I guess I'd start, I'm starting to believe in vibes. I get vibes. You get vibes from people. You know, I used to say the re- a good reason to start a podcast is that all of a sudden your audience comes alive and they start talking to you, right? If you are a blogger and you start a podcast, all of a sudden your audience has a lot to say to you and they start emailing you and writing you and tweeting you and Facebooking you in a way that they never had before. Because I had tons of readers 
that never spoke to me. And a one fifth of those people became listeners and like never stopped talking to me. So this is a very verbal and active community. And I just wasn't getting the yay that I had gotten before. I wasn't getting the can't wait. I was getting a lot of like, hmm, but not like, can't wait, must be there. I mean, some of you, yes. The ones that were in it were in it to win it. I will give you that. But it wasn't to the same group degree that I had had previously. Um, And I still pushed ahead because once you're in it with the hotel, you're in it to win it as well. You sign a contract and if you cancel in a certain amount of time, you owe them the money whether you do the event or not because they've now lost revenue on those hotel rooms that they could have booked anyway. So you're going to pay for it even if you cancel, which means what? It means that if you are going to decide to cancel, you have to decide how much debt exactly you're going to go into. Are you going to go into the amount of debt that you owe the hotel only? Or if you do the event, are you going to owe that to the hotel plus pay for your audiovisual, plus pay for furniture to come in and flowers and whatever else that you decide is coming in, right? Like, I don't know off the top of my head, but things just happened. Last year, we needed like 10 whiteboards. Just an example. Don't remember why. But stuff just comes up. That's a difficult conversation to have. And I mean, if it weren't so terrible for me, I would have felt more terrible for the people having those conversations with me who just did not even know how to like look at me in the face and try and help me decide how much debt to go into. I mean, could you do that? I don't think I could do that for you. I don't, I really don't think I could. I really don't think I could be like, Elsie, let me help you decide between $90,000 and $250,000. How can we get the 250 down? How can we get the 90 down? What do we have to do to make it so that you're not, I mean, it was terrible. It's terrible, but it just didn't feel right. And like, it didn't feel right all summer. And then, I mean, my event planner calls it the annual Labor Day freakout. But like, yeah, I had the same problem here as there in Arizona. Labor Day, I was scared to death, but I knew they wouldn't move it. So there was no reason to panic because I was just going to have to take it. I was just going to have to take it like a champ. There's no way around it. I just took it because what can you do? But this time I didn't have to. I was very lucky. That the ho- I told this hotel everything I went through with the last hotel. And thank God I have a big mouth, right? Because she mm-hmm. remembered me saying what, what tourists, what troubles it was. And she took pity on me and moved it. So I was, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that they did that because they did it with no penalty. We're just moving the entire thing. And I'm really grateful. I think that there are people have stepped back when it comes to the things that they're going to do in terms of conferences and flying and doing things. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the things that has happened. And I think people have stepped back and are really only choosing one or two things to do. And the third thing is that it has become, there's a lot of inundation of things that people are asking people to do. And when I'm saying things as in like, you can show up to this webinar, you can go to this virtual event, you can fly over to this thing, you can go to this other conference. Oh God, the other conference is now live. Oh wait, and then there's that other virtual conference and then there's this. And then so and so that's one part of it. And the other part of it is that there are people who simply are like, oh, I don't even have to go to a conference. Everything's virtual. Yeah. There's a whole shift of of people starting to make choices that are different than from what they had before. 
And there are other, you know, within, especially at least in, in the podcasting space that, you know, folks have chosen to do things that they've always done and stuck to the things that they feel are where they need to be instead of kind of testing, trying to attend a different type of conference because yeah. whatever they've. I hate virtual. I mean, Bonnie is saying virtual is not the same ever. And the reason I agree personally is because I have ADHD and I find it very difficult to sit for that long and pay attention. And then I never look at the recordings. Never. I, I want never look to. at it too. I want to, but I cannot bring myself to do it. I'll read the transcript. In fact, if somebody were to make an entire virtual conference into a transcripted book, I would read that. I mean, I would probably skim it. Let's be honest. I would just pick and choose. I would cherry pick what I wanted to read, but I'd still read it. Right. Whereas like, yeah, recordings, never, 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 never. Not to mention that like there's something special about, you know, when you're virtually networking with someone, you kind of get right to the chase. And like it's the same with like a Zoom call, right? Like I was just on a Zoom call and um, we chit chatted for about 30 seconds before you just get right to the point. But like there's a reason why I think it's popular to meet someone for coffee when you're doing business locally because like you talk about what you order and then you talk about like, you know, if the person's frazzled, you can ask them like, you know, oh, my kid dumped Cheerios all over me this morning. And that's why I'm like five minutes late. Like none of that happens virtually. Everything behind the chair is supposed to be like null and void. Mm -hmm. And it makes it less, you get to know the person so much less than when you see them in person. Like, I know you guys see me, but like, I don't know if we were sitting at lunch, it would be differently. You could also smell me, which is, you know, you're at your pleasure or, <laughs> or you could see, you know, if I was shaking, if I was nervous, or if I'm excited, or if I keep checking my watch or whatever, it's just you like, there's so much nonverbal that I think you can get. And therefore, you feel like you really know someone. That's why I think that's why relationships are built stronger when you go somewhere in person, because those nonverbal things give you an idea of whether or not you like this person or not, because you can't necessarily tell that from a zoom with a stranger if you like them. Right. But that vibe, that chemical vibe is something we're supposed to have. It's like sniffing each other's butts for a dog, right? We need to know and we can't. Right. I think that there's a, there's also the other aspect of it too, where we are building up. I think even from, you know, I've seen it with my kids where they're at this point in time, they're feeling really taxed having to do real live things with other human beings and particularly, you know, some of their schoolwork. And then, mm -hmm. and then when they come home, they are exhausted. It's not like they have a lot of homework and like they have to go to school every day. Cause we do have a little co-op cause I do homeschool my kids, but the sustained aspect of having to deal with other people and speak to them is really incredibly exhausting. And there's a lot of us who are possibly having a harder time yeah. choosing that for ourselves. And yet it is unbelievably amazing, like most people in the chat are talking about right now, where a lot of us really connect one on one this way. And there's nothing mm -hmm. like me being able to show up and see you in your hotel room, you know, and chat and, yes. and just connect and then look at your makeup and then hang out and then like say, hey, Jess, I'll, I'll go have lunch with you or or something like that. There's nothing like it for yeah. sure. Yeah. But at nothing. the same time, it is such a challenge now to get that momentum to move forward, to be able to to do something for ourselves. I get that. But also, Jess, I do feel that there's been a shift in the. I want folks to understand that when you see, and this is such a hard thing to say sometimes, when you see beautiful things online, mm -hmm. a nice 
messaging from a brand coming to you, especially people like she podcasts, like smaller companies like this, where they are doing social media and you get emails and you go to the website and it looks so nice. And oh my God, they're doing an event. Oh, wow. That's so great. They have it all together. Mm. I'm just gonna, you know, oh, she podcasts, you know, they've been around since 2014. I mean, or you think I'll do it next year. I can't, you know, I'm not ready yet, but I'll do it next year. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Doing it next year. I get that. But what I'm saying to you is, is the fact that there is this thing where you just go like, I don't need to help anymore. I don't need to participate. I don't need to amplify. I don't need because they've made it. And I don't know if people understand. It's fun, actually. What, that they've made it? Once you've made it and you go to a conference, you can hang out with, you get more no, dude, social that's time. that's not what oh. I'm saying. I'm saying that when people have that perception, it doesn't mean like what you are actually going through in the day in, day out, that you are working your butt off for all the things, for being able to sign up for this, getting sponsors, being able to get the tickets, talking to people, making sure that you're like, you know, getting the right conversations with the right people, doing the thing, having people, you know, all of that stuff still is. Ha- it's not like everybody's like, oh, yeah, yes, yes. Let's just. Here's what I think people think. And there's people watching this. So you can feel free to comment if I'm right or wrong. I think people think being an event planner means And I mean, I know people know it's busy because they're constantly telling me, I know you're busy when they start an email. But I think what they think is handling, rearranging speakers and when they're going to speak and deciding where sponsors booths are going to go and where to put the coffee. Like, I don't think anything further than that people consider. I think they think it's like a glorified VA job where they just have to be super organized, which by the way, I'm not. Actually, that's not true. When I want to be organized, I'm meticulous to the letter. And especially for this, I am. My folders are organized. My grid is organized. The tracks are organized. The speakers are organized. Everything's organized. This is before I had a staff because otherwise, how would I function ever? Like, you know, I make sure that it's all organized. But I do think that people think like if the tickets are coming in and they have three sponsors, then like it's all bonus money. Every time you purchase a ticket, that's money that's going either in my pocket or to my staff or like, I don't think they realize that like you promise from the beginning based on a guest number, how much you're going to owe someone. And I'm going to use fake mm. numbers because these aren't yeah, yeah. the real numbers. But there, are, I, I now learned this year that there are actually two ways to do a hotel. If you notice, if you went to PM and even if you didn't, they don't have any food. They've never had food. They have coffee and like, that's it. You're on your own, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think that's because when they, and I could be wrong because I've not asked Dan this, but I think that when they book a hotel, they pay for meeting space only. And Mm. as a result, what they owe is not going to change. So they could either make payments all year round. They don't have to count how many, they don't have to care how many people are going to be there. It's this much, like say $100,000 for five breakout rooms, a ballroom, a VIP, and some extra space, like say eight rooms. $100,000, right? And they never have to think about it again. Whereas like, whereas my contract is more like, we'll give you the meeting space, but you're going to have to give us at least $100,000 in food and beverage, which means someone somewhere in your party has to buy food 
and drinks, whether it's cash bar, whether it's a bartender, hors d'oeuvres, breakfast, coffee. You can make it up however you want. But somehow we need $100,000 in food and beverages. I wonder if the meeting space is even less money. Like what if he is only like promising, you know, he gets the meeting space for 75,000, whereas like food and beverage is something that like, it's also fluid, right? If I think, if I think I'm going to have 300 people, they'll calculate how much for this breakfast and this lunch. And they'll be like, okay, well, it's more like 105,000 plus 30% tax plus tip plus, plus, plus. So if it's a hundred thousand, you can budget for 130 because of whatever hotel tax, service tax, hospitality tax, it's all the taxes. That's just what hotels do. So in this case, they thought we were having 500 people. So even though we had a certain amount in food and beverage, I actually got invoice for more than that because we told them we were going to have breakfast in the mornings and like coffee. The first invoice I got, you guys, I'm just going to tell you because what she actually put in is like, four breakfasts, four lunches, four dinners, three parties at $100 a person. And she sent me an invoice and I was in my booth at PM for $671,000. And I had just put my stuff down and I was like, I hope that's not, how, how, where, how, how did I promise someone? How did I, how, where's in the, how, what, what's it for? What did I promise? What have we done? And Jen was like, that's not your invoice. That's not your invoice. And I'm like, but yeah, it was our invoice because the sales report said this is what we were doing. So this time I made it real clear that they can't invoice me for, oh my God, honestly, you guys, I nearly passed out. All the blood rushed to my head and I almost passed out standing right in the booth. I would have knocked over our beautiful gold curtain. <laughs> but because they want you to sign for X amount of food and beverage with the understanding that you'll go over that, they want you to go over that. So like, and they, and actually this hotel also wants you to have breakfast because- it's too many people for their, they have like a little patisserie for breakfast. It's like too many people for their little patisserie. So they want you to offer something in case, so people don't have to wait in line all day for their bagel. Mm. Yeah, which is fine. I, lo I love the idea that we'll have breakfast. I mean, I think that's nice. If you're going to have anything for people, I think breakfast is the nicest one. Because nobody has, I certainly don't have time once I've showered to eat before going to a thing. Like I'm barely running there with my shoe on, you know? So mm -hmm. like it's usually good. But yeah, it's a really big commitment and it's one that I can confidently make when I know people are going to be there. Right. Or when tickets are selling. It's not a big, like the first year, it wasn't a big commitment. 200 people had already bought tickets before I even had a venue. Right. That was no big deal. You want me to pay 75, 100 in food and beverage? No problem. I already have 200 people signed up. I know another 200 people are going to come. And it turned out to be another 600. So it was amazing. It was great. Mm -hmm. I want that again, though. Like, I want to feel confident that that's going to happen again. I actually already do. Is that weird? I don't, I should knock wood. Actually, I learned that knocking wood was a um, pagan ritual. Anyway, I just learned that this weekend. If you're a stand-up comedian and you stand in front of a stage, you know whether or not those people are going to be silly with you or judge the shit out of you. And like, that's a vibe. It's not necessarily a hippie vibe. It's just, it's like that personal chemistry that you get from being in, with people. There was just a vibe that didn't feel, you know, podcast movement, it was a weird vibe. Podfest was a weird vibe. This whole year has been a weird, I mean, it's just not the same. And I and I wanted to wait until it could feel more like how yeah. it felt a couple but, of years ago. Yeah, but I think that that's, that's what you have to start out. Well, if I may say something, because I'm not, mind you people, I am not in the daily. But you're the watcher, so you should I'm the something. watcher to some degree, yeah. But, but at the same time, I, you know, one of the things that I have to watch myself about, which is something that drives Jess mad, and it's also something that... I, 
that I do to my family is a bad thing that I do. It's like, I'm quiet, quiet. Nobody hears from me. And then I'm like, why is this happening? And then I just like, you know, complain about shit that I have zero idea about what's happened in the past. And it drives her nuts. It's kind of like, you know, when your mom tells you to go brush your teeth and then like you're in the, you're about to go brush your teeth. It's like, you've already gotten ready for bed. And then your mom's like, go brush your teeth. You haven't brushed your teeth yet. And you're like, no, 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 they're brushed. It's all right. You often tell me to do stuff after I've taken care of it. This is the first year anyway. This last year, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, so it and and so then I come in with my big ideas when the idea has already been like there's there's a reason why something hasn't happened. But, you know, whenever I've. whenever I saw that, it's just that I I started to see like the promote, like what Rafi is asking, you know, are you doing anything differently now for promos? And I think that part of what I'm assume Rafi is, is like getting more eyes on what we're doing, right? Being able to really amplify what we're doing, who we are, because Jess, I don't think that we are being able to tell people about our event, right? There's a lot of people who just don't know, even know, who we are, what we're about, what the last event was about. I definitely, yeah, as far as doing something different for promos, I mean, definitely more and sooner. I don't know about exhibiting, if that's the right thing, or even traveling to other conferences. That doesn't seem to work out as far as promotion, but it does help people know who I am. Right. But like, but no, I think maybe more blog article. I mean, I'm going to be doing a bunch more stuff, actually. I'm, I'm trying a bunch of different new things. And actually, the things that I want to do also enhance She Podcast as a whole, like more content in the membership, more blog posts about accepting guest blog posts from our community about the things that they're brilliant at doing, asking our community if they want to write about anything they want to write about. Social media, sex, EFT, whatever, it doesn't matter. It can just be an informational blog about, you know, from women podcasters who are experts at all the things, right? So I think that'll drive traffic. I think guesting on other shows, guest writing in other blogs or magazines, like that should certainly help. I don't know. And I also, we we all have so many ideas and things that we want to do. Like we also want to do some, now that we have some time, maybe we can add some features to the event that we didn't have before. And then also we have time to like develop some stuff for She Podcasts that we didn't have before. For example, like a guest blogger. I don't know. There's other things that I've talked about that I wanted to do, a directory and network, like how much stuff can you get done in nine months? I'm not sure. Well, you can make a kid, but why of all things? I don't. You said nine months, nine months. But you made me start sweating. No, but but here's the here's the thing, though, when it comes to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, like it would be really, really amazing for there to be a little bit more focus on on She Podcast live. Right. Mm-hmm. To just have a little bit more focus on that versus mm-hmm. let's try to do all the things. And the fact that I think what Rafi is really getting at is the fact that we do have a community that could help. And mm-hmm. one thing that we did really well that first year was the fact that the community spoke to us and they knew us in another type of a way. Right. It was, mm-hmm. we were more embedded in it. We were communicating a lot more stronger with them. We were in, in 2019, like right towards that time, right at the end of 2018, 2019, we were a lot more present. There was a lot more togetherness. And I really don't think that this is our fault, but a lot of changes in social media and online interactions have happened 
from 2019, exacerbated by 2020, and then things completely changed. All of the news about the whole Facebook thing happened. People were incredibly tapped out when it came to social. People have shifted and moved. TikTok was not even a thing during that time. That's a whole other place where things are happening. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It wasn't a thing. But and so it was just it, it there's a huge shift that has happened yeah. in the space mm. altogether. Plus, now let me add this though, Jess. I'm gonna add one other layer to this whole thing. I can't and wait. And it's the one about the data that came out from the Sounds Profitable study on the creators. And the creators, not only did it say that it was like 30% women podcasters, right? People who were not men, essentially, that 70% were male. And also adding to the fact that one of the one of the least represented age groups was more of the middle aged folks. And our community tends to skew towards there. I know. That's just a thing. And so we skew towards a specific type of demographic. Mm-hmm. And in looking at the data, that's not who we are, right? Even though we're vibrant and we're there and we're doing all the things, but things have ch- changed so much. And creators are also looking for a real quick hit. There's so much that is the same in our group, but then there's also a lot of questions going on in there that are way not the way that it used to be. A lot more people are looking for money. A lot more people are looking for like instant gratification. A lot more people are looking for real quick promotions on, you know, reels and TikToks and things like that, which is a totally different vibe than when we first started. True. So, yes. There is one more thing that's different that I'm just realizing when I was marketing it in 2019, my mother-in-law didn't live with me. Now she does. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't blame I don't it know all. if that has anything to do with it, but it is a weird distinction. I used to be on social media all the time, and I don't blame her. I'm being okay. silly. I just, I just happened to realize that that was a similarity. No, I don't blame her. I would like to be on social more, and I would like to be on video more, and I would like to be on social more, and I have to get past my like weirdness about it. I just have to. What's the weirdness? Is that this is a personal weirdness? This is your personal weirdness that you have to get over. I feel self conscious. I think about how I look. I think okay, and right. I found that fake eyelashes helps. Like if you'll notice when I do end up doing videos, it's because I've I've gotten lashes for an event or something, or I have a lash filter because I think it makes me look less like I'm not going to say it because it sounds mean, but like. I have all kinds of colorful names for myself and how I look, but I don't want it to really sound like she hates herself because I don't. I just like to make jokes about how I look and maybe it's not funny if it's really stopping me from like promoting myself, you know? Rafi agrees with you. She feels she feels like you do. Yeah. So, I mean, I found something that works that makes me feel prettier and more capable of being on video more often. Like the, the lashes, I don't have them in right now, but the lashes help me for whatever reason. So I think it's good to keep doing that and trying them. I'm using Lashify, by the way, and they work really nicely and they stay on for a while. I had them on all last week, except for when I cried my face off and then they fell off. Oh, God. <laughs> In fact, oh God. Nathan, I thought Nate, so I came downstairs so that I wouldn't bother anybody just to, just to cry my face off. And poor Nate, my son with Asperger's comes in and he's like, 
I didn't even know he was going to be home. He was supposed to be out for the night, but they changed their minds or whatever. So he decided to come in. He comes into me crying my face off and he goes and he hugs me. And when he pulls his face away, it's like all my little lashes, like little spiders all over him. And like, I don't know. I was just like, wait, wait. Let me. He was like, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, <laughs> like, my, my God. Lashes. I'm sorry. It's Look, at, to me, this is what, it's what true, I Lena. feel we need to bring back is that mm-hmm. it is about belonging to a movement. But I think what happens is, or at least for me, is that I, I can do that. That's one of my skills. Part of that is that I, that's what I do as well, but I haven't been in She Podcasts and I don't have the capacity at this time to really nurture it in the way that I wish I could, because it is incredibly, I do believe there are parts of it that it takes a big toll. It's very, very, it's a lot of work energetically. It's one of the reasons that I stopped doing Elsie's yoga class because mm. I did not feel, I had a pretty big community going on with that mm-hmm. show, that podcast, all the things. Things were really, really at a place of growth and power, I think, for even for podcasters at that time. There came a point when I could not responsibly continue to do that show because I did not have what it took to keep people safe. Mind you, this is a physical, like it was a physical podcast, right? So yeah. literally face, literally safe, as face. in like to make sure that they didn't hurt themselves, to make sure that I was absolutely super clear about what I was teaching, how mm. I was teaching, and what what's the language that I was using, how was I infusing that, like, and be super into it, because that's that was part of the thing. I've never been somebody who just phones shit in. I just yeah. don't do that. And so I knew that I could not do it responsibly. And so I stepped away. And so when I'm, and and then that's a huge, you know, perfectionism out of me where it's like, if I can't give you all the things, I can't be part of it. I just, I can't be part of it. There is a rising movement happening within me. And I think if I were to express that more, I mean, like I expressed it a little bit with the article. If you guys haven't seen it, I wrote an article about podcast movement. It's on our blog on ShePodcast.com. And we can have confidence, safety, strength, and claim what's ours without having to be competitive, put other people down, welcome in people that make us feel threatened or unaccepted or excluded. And I feel like you and I are very good at doing that and helping other people do that, that we can create space from support and love and encourage that without having to be like, and we do this and you suck and you're not good at this and these guys don't do this and these guys don't do that. Like, I think I can start talking about how I feel on the inside if it's the same that everybody else is feeling, which is like this this one statistic alone. I was already feeling it before the statistic. Like, for example, at Podcast Movement, I joked a lot about our gold curtain and neon sign that said undeniable as a beacon, as like a, a bat signal. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a little dramatic, right? But like in a sea of men, white men, and I mean, there were some women there, but don't get me wrong, that little promo video that you saw, I think they took all the women they could find and put it in that video because it's like all women and people of color. And I didn't even see that many there. 
But our booth was like a beacon in the night for people who were just like, yes, that's the color, the glitter, the neon. That's the vibe. And then just be drawn to it like a moth. I think we can be like that virtually as well. This is different. You can claim it. You can have it. You can go forward. You can say no or yes. And you can do it with your full power because we all need that, right? Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? I don't know. See, now I just doubted what I just said. I shouldn't have done that. That's a communication. (gasps) I shouldn't have been like, don't you think? Like women, I learned in college. You end. You put a period like right at the end. You have to own that feeling of what you feel is necessary because that's the drum that you're going to continually have to beat every time somebody asks you why you matter, Jess. And I think part of it is that I think that perception, number one, that it's all together and it's one thing versus another thing. I think there can be clarity around that. I think that people need to understand that in order for organizations like ours to continue to thrive and continue on, Mm -hmm. you need to choose to support us, whether or not you want to reveal the deep your deeper part of yourself or whether or not you're walking down going like that's a beacon of hope. You know, if you don't like the glitter and you don't like the sparkly, fine. But you know what? There are lots of people who really love, they need it. They really need it. And therefore, you don't like support that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. One thing I learned after my daughter died was that like, it's hard to feel sad when you're wearing a hot pink sweater with glitter on it. It's really hard. And so we might feel sad and we might be sad and we might have been sad. And it's been a sad couple of years. Fine. We're great. But when you have an eye full of color, it just is hard to be like, this place sucks. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like color, life, feelings, taking what's yours, laughing, smiling, enjoying a breeze. It's hard to be mad when you're doing those things. It's hard to be sad when you're doing those things. Sitting home, super easy to feel sad. You've been looking at those walls for three years. (laughs) And I'm not saying it means you have to come to D.C., but somewhere, go somewhere with a pink sweater. Don't even, it doesn't have to be pink. Pick teal, pick purple, Elsie's least favorite color. Yes. And just go. It just makes a difference. I think I think Lena's right. It's about belonging to a movement. It has nothing to do with color. But that's how I, because I'm a visual person, when I take what's mine, I do it with bright colors because it helps me. That's all. I would like to dye my hair blue now. If you'll excuse me, I'll be going oh to the Oh, my salon. God, dude. I'm kidding. No way. It made my pillowcases all blue. You know, part anyway. of, if you want any more conversation around this, or maybe like you want to help. Yeah support us make this happen because ultimately that's what it is we need your support yes we do and there's lots of ways to do it and there are lots of ways to do it exactly there's There's, volunteerism yes i mean we don't need speakers right now but we might depending on how many can change the date so wait on that because we don't need speakers but we need pretty much everything else and I think it'll fill up soon and I think it'll be amazing. And when do you hear the stuff that we're going to announce that we're going to do in addition to the programming that we have? It's going to be so cool. Absolutely. So I'm very excited. I also have another idea that I haven't told you about, Jess. What? That I want. What is it? I know. It? I, have, I have. I'm not going to tell you now. What do you mean? Because. What? 
Because I can't tell you now, because what if you say no to me? I won't say anything. I'll let my face speak for itself. Really? No. Tell me. Okay, so want- I, all right. So I wanted to have it is a little bit of programming mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. podcasting and analog, which is very self-help focused. Number one, because I have found journaling and stationary and writing to be incredibly healing to me. Mm-hmm. And it is number one, the thing that's kept me sane is just playing with my pens. And I know it sounds kind of lame, but playing with my pens has been incredible. Nikita Burks Hale. Yeah, the crayon girl. Headphones and crayons. Headphones and crayons. And she's been coloring and she recognizes the power of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Also, I just had uh, from one of our community, I believe her name is Pamela Sweet Lovely. I hope that I got your name right. But if I don't, she has also started this launching this podcast, which is all about vision boards. And it's all creating the vision boards and doing all the stuff. And I thought, oh, my God, that's already three people that can teach something else. Then there are actually at least now two podcasts about stationary and about journaling that are really in depth that I feel like I would love to invite them. And I know at least one of them has already done a presentation on all of this stuff. And so merging the fact that we are doing this technical thing, but also have an experience of being able to show up and decompress with a physical analog thing. This Mm -hmm. includes, and so when I started to think about analog stuff, like what does that even mean? Like reading a book, like reading books, like actually reading together a book in one place, right? Things that have to do with the kinesthetic expression or experience of stuff. And I'm sure that there's a lot of podcasters out there that podcast about this specific thing. And that's Mm -hmm. where the idea came into play because they're using the medium, but their whole goal is the analog experience. It's like, for some people, it's about taking walks. For some people, it's about rent. For some people, it's about clothing. Or Mm -hmm. usually it's a hobby of some Mm -hmm. kind. And I think that we've discounted, there's not very many people that talk about the power of these other communities that connect through podcast that are hobbies because the hobby gives them delight. It gives them joy. It helps them live their lives in a better way because we're constantly thinking about it from a completely different perspective. And I think we're missing that. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to bring the hobbyists together. Did you think I wouldn't say yes? I think that's a cool idea. Like, I love your little like, pens. Look, and like, you know, something like that. Like, look at this. She gets me. A multi-sensory approach. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think I there that. can be a little programming, like even if it's two to three hour session or something together yeah. where people can decompress in this other way without having to, I don't know. I just thought that there was something to it. I love that. Is Pamela already a speaker? I know there's... I actually don't know if her name is Pamela, but I wrote notes. Okay. But I Good. wanted you to to let you know because I'm like, her idea about these vision boards and how she's already leading groups. So like, anyway, I just thought she was so... And she was so fired up about it and so into it that I thought there's people who can do this and are creating podcasts and they can give a little bit of... Like, I'd love to create a vision board of sorts going to she podcast. Like even if I can't take it back with me, mm-hmm. maybe we have to somehow burn them or something and like throw them away because 
who's going to carry a vision board? I mean, we'd have to really I mean, discuss. Right. I mean, actually, there was a woman. This is something else. If somebody wants to solve, someone offered to come and do like a like a plant potting workshop. Oh my and we god! Were like, yes. Oh my god! This right. But then I thought, how are they going to take take them home? Which was the problem? Unless we plant them. Yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah, that's a problem to solve. You're correct. Yeah, I really want to put my look, hands in dirt, but also- We have, look at this. Look at this. What? Look, what? look, what? I just launched a podcast merging cooking and gardening. My two passions. I would love Yay. to share. Oh, donate yes. to a nursing home. Rafi, what a good idea. Dude, Rafi, that is a wonderful Dude. idea. Dude, we just idea. need to like crowdsource these people. That's what I'm saying. J- All right. Janine, is that is that your name, Janine? I hope Janine. I'm saying it correctly. Janine. That's beautiful. Like so- you have to email. Why don't you email? How about this? Yeah, In, please. L, who info or Elsie? I'm happy to take your email personally. Yeah, Elsie at shepodcast.com. Definitely do info so Melissa can see it too. And CC Melissa. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not well, checking the info at she podcast. You're not. You know. Oh, yeah. then then do Alyssa. Um, what's her yeah. name? Elsie. El- what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Rafi, that's a fantastic idea. Maybe we can make some kind of donation as part of the experience that maybe we give something to somebody else. And I think that that's a wonderful way to make it work. But I honestly was looking for, there's so many folks that are doing hobby type podcasts out there that are often, I think, overlooked. And they don't real, like, I think for me, Somebody who just starts to talk on their microphone with their friend and they are journaling together and they're playing at creating spreads and doing all these wonderful things with stickers and not making it about how quality their show is or anything, because I want to do it along with them. I want to sit and listen to them chat and do it along with them. I'm not looking. I don't I don't want you to get the audio of how to sticker sounds and like layer in audio musical production like i don't want that i just want no. people talking yeah so anyway. anyway so we have a lot to look forward to yes, it was a hard sorry. week and we didn't talk about the crushing weight of responsibility about people in their travel arrangements because yes. that almost killed me Yes, it this kept is me a, from sleeping. Yes. It kept me from eating. It was rough. That whole just know that if you're listening to this and that happened to you, I don't know. Just just know that if you had travel plans, they had to be canceled. Like, just know that my heart was heart. I was broken over every single person that had to do that. So I know it doesn't make up for anything financially, but it still sucked for us both. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You're not alone. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have feedback, if you want to participate. In any other way besides speaking, just because we have lots of speakers, yeah. please let me know. Jess at or info at shepodcast.com or Elsie at or Melissa at or all of it. Um, you can also find today's show notes on shepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and Pinterest at shepodcasts. And right now, there's nothing much to do except have a wonderful September for now. Thank you so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye. 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 Bye